All right. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining me on another episode of PRI Talk. My name is Jason, and today we are going to be talking about the June 15th contact day, uh, the fiasco that was contact day. We'll talk a little about who handled it well and maybe who didn't. Um, so let's get started. Okay, so we want to talk about June 15th. Uh, we're about two weeks out of this first contact date for the 2022 class. Um, lots happened. Uh, there were some offers. There were some commitments right away. Uh, and there were, there were quite a few surprises, I think, as a whole um, once we got a few days into it. Um, but congrats to all those athletes in the 2022 class that did commit. Uh, it's awesome. I'm ex- very excited for you. I know you and your families are glad to be uh, you know, done with the process. That's always, always a good thing. So, um, so a couple of days in, uh, after talking to some coaches and talking to some families, I had, uh, gotten some feedback and I kind of, um, posed this question. I tried to write poised the question. You can't poise a question I, I learned. Um, so I posed this question a few days, um, after the 15th, just kind of middle of that week. And, and my question was, who was more prepared for June 15th, the athletes or the coaches? Um, and I, I had thought about doing a blog post on it, um, but I thought maybe the podcast I could dive into a little bit more. Um, and, and so I thought I'd do that here and kind of dive into a couple different things. Um, before we get to the answer, I, I did I do want to just preface um, my question a little bit or preface my answer a little bit. Um, by saying that I have had multiple conversations with college coach, college coaches, um, quite a few conversations with college coaches, actually, um, that first week, uh, last week, um, and, and parents as well. And so everything that I'm about to kind of talk about, um, I have discussed with parents and college coaches as well. Um, I think it's been received really well, um, kind of across the board. Um, and so hopefully this will continue to be uh, received well. Um, not trying to throw anyone under the bus or make anyone mad or offended or anything like that. So, um, so hopefully this, this all makes sense once we kind of dive into it. So my short answer to the question, um, of who is more prepared for June 15th athletes or the coaches. Um, my short answer is athletes, athletes were more prepared, uh, for June 15th. So obviously this is an exclusive um, to everyone. Obviously there were probably several 2022 athletes that, got phone calls or made contact um, that first week that weren't very prepared. And obviously lots of coaches um, that, that, that were prepared and ready for June 15th. So just, just trying to look at this holistically and, um, and and kind of give my broad generalization of, of what happened and maybe um, the theme or, or what things are going to look like going forward, or maybe hopefully what changes going forward. Okay. Um, so, so athletes, in my opinion, were I think more prepared for June 15th. Okay. Um, in general, I feel like coaches were just not as prepared as they could have, or maybe should have been in this situation. Okay. Um, and and I want to explain that in a couple different ways. Um, first June 15th is a day where coaches get the opportunity to make contact with an athlete. Okay. Um, so it's their first opportunity to reach out by email, text, phone call, reach out directly to them and, and talk about recruiting stuff. Um, coaches, starting on June 15th, coaches can now take control of the recruiting situation and explain what their process is going to look like and explain what they're going to do moving forward. Um, this was, of course, done by several schools. 
Um, but, I, but I felt like after talking to parents, it was not done by most um, from, from my understanding. Uh, instead, we got a lot of, we're excited to get to know you. We're excited about starting the process with you, which again, is, is not a bad thing to say. Um, but I think when, when the kid is sitting there on the phone going, I've been emailing you for the last six, eight months, telling you about myself and, and all we, all I'm getting is questions like, so how are things going? And what do you like to do in your free time? Like, those are all things that have been, have been answered. Okay. So, I, um, obviously the phone call could have some of the obvious, you know, cordial get to, to talk to you, um, a kid for the first time, like how are things going? Like, obviously that's not, that's not bad. Um, but if the athlete has been emailing you for months, there should be some sort of referencing to the topics or things that have been going on in those emails. Okay. So in in the same way that, that I'm, you know, always telling my clients, Hey, you need to, you know, have a specific question. You need to look for specific things about the program, school coach to kind of guide your questions as opposed to just speaking in generalities. I, I think the same should apply to coaches, especially in this situation right? Coaches have had the months and months of prepping for this day. Um, and we'll get into some other things, uh, the buildup, we'll get into the buildup a little bit later, but you've had months prepping for this day. Like there should be some very specific conversations. I feel like that should, should have had. Right. Um, also there should be a plan for what's going forward. Okay. Are we doing visits? No visits. Um, where are you on the board right now, um, a, a, as an athlete? Okay. And I know there's some, you know, a big thing that, that I was told was, this is obvious, right. That, that there's, you know, they didn't get a chance to see, um, the athletes a lot because of the short and club season and all that kind of stuff. But, but I still think, um, you know, your board is your board, right. Um, your athletes on your board are there. Um, they haven't changed. You haven't watched anybody else play, right. They just haven't changed too much and you've been watching film, um, so what's the plan going forward? Okay. Um, I think that there were a lot of athletes that are, were hopping on phone calls on June 15th that were hoping to have a plan going forward. Okay. And, and I don't think that was communicated. I think there was a lot of, um, sort of posturing about, we're excited to get to know you and all that kind of stuff. Um, which, which I think is a little bit frustrating from the athlete side. Okay. Um, so, so I was hoping for, Hey, this is our plan. We're going to do visits. You know, if we're allowed to do visits and then this is what the next, this is what the next six to eight months looks like for us in our recruiting plan versus we're excited to get to know you over the last six to eight months. Okay. Or next six to eight months. Right. Um, something should have been communicated that says we've got this, we're in the driver's seat. We have a plan for the rest of your recruiting process. Um, and I think that was what was mostly missing. Um, instead there just seemed to be a lot of kind of generalities. Right. Um, now, to be totally fair, like I've said, college coaches, you know, don't really know when their season starts. Okay, um, so explaining to athletes what their exact plans are going to be is still a little bit—it's a little bit disingenuous, honestly. Um, if they know that they they can't have a visit and things like that, or they don't know if they're going to be able to have a visit. Okay, um, but but I think it's, but we can still preface the situation, right, or preface the conversation with we don't know what we're going to be able to do when we're going to be able to do this or what exactly it's going to look like, but here's our plan for maybe perfect circumstances. And we've already thought about doing A, B, and C if we can't do these things. Okay. Um, so just, I, th- I think throwing out there that, that you had a plan and knew what was going to happen. Um, I, th- I think that would have been received really, really well. Okay. 
Um, the, the second thing that I, I want to talk about as far as this answer was Jason, I got a lot of, I got a lot of, uh, Jason, what happened? Phone calls those first few days. Okay. Um, from, from several different coaches. Um, and I think it's a little bit expected, uh, when we have a situation where there's, where there's n- almost no communication or very limited communication prior to June 15th for college coaches. Um, so there's just a whole lot of not knowing on either side. And, I, and I've said this for weeks and month, months with these new rules, right? Athletes don't really know and the coaches don't really know. Okay. So, um, I, I, we shouldn't be completely surprised, um, that, you know, a 16 year old gets on the phone and their number one choice offers and they say yes like that that shouldn't be a surprise i think um to a lot of people now the, the hard part is right did, did the other schools know that the school was their first choice uh, you know we just um and and we can't always can't always do that right and 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 because the college coaches can't communicate to the kids hey we're planning on offering you right that's so there's there's just a lot of not knowing okay um and, and i i feel like i tried to be in the middle of it as best i could um, but there's, you know, there's only so much that you can do with things that you don't know. Right. So, um, again, I think, I think this kind of situation is, is kind of going to be expected, um, going forward with, with the new rules that there's just going to be some situations where, you know, 50 schools email an athlete on June 15th and she says yes to a totally different school on, on that day. And, and, and everyone's kind of like, well, that was quick. Right. And that, that's, I think just kind of got it kind of going to be this process. Um, uh, for those athletes that committed that first week, it's hard to get into that week knowing that you're going to commit. Right. So it's not, it's not like, um, I, I didn't talk to any athletes that were like, if this school's offers on June 15th, we're committing there. I, I had zero of those conversations with parents or athletes. Um, and, and, and so I don't think that even really they knew um, what that was going to look like or what that was going to feel like. Um, so, and, and I, ha- I actually heard very few schools say, you know, I need to make a decision next week. Uh, so where is my offer? Right. I don't, I don't think that any athletes had that conversation with schools. I need to make a decision this next week. So where's my offer? Um, and I definitely didn't hear any college coaches say you have until Friday to make a decision. Um, so that, as far as I know, didn't happen. So all this talk about putting kids under pressure, you know, that first week on June 15th and offering on June 15th, um, there, there was little to none of that um, as far as the, the pressure pressure piece of it. Um, there were definitely some offers that went out, obviously, um, but, I, but I did not hear of any athletes being put under the gun. And I didn't really hear of any athletes putting coaches under the pressure either. Um, and I know that was a fear for a lot of people. Um, the other piece of that was I also feel like there was a little bit of bad advice that coaches have been getting um, in terms of athletes wanting to, quote unquote, slow things down. Um, and that might be true for some, but it, but it's certainly not all athletes. Right. Um, and, and I still think like if, if your number one choice as an athlete offers you because you're their number one choice, like we don't need to go through this six month dance. Um, there's just no need for it. There was never a need before it before the old rules. Uh, or before the new rules, right? The old way we used to do this. There was never a need for it then. If if the right school offers and that's the right school for you and you're the right school for them, then be done. We don't need to dance around for the next three, four months um, wasting, you know, 10, 15 other coaches' times, right? Um, 
and, and, and coaches don't really necessarily know that about a kid, right. In the beginning. And this is just one of those pieces that, uh, you know, pieces to the puzzle that coaches may or may not know going forward. Um, and that, and it's going to be hard to kind of figure out. Cause again, I don't, I didn't know any athletes that were like, I'm committing if the school offers me right over the phone, I'm going to do it. I, I didn't have that conversation. I think it's, I don't think that anyone necessarily planned that way. Okay. Um, I talked to a lot of coaches that also said, um, we know we're going to miss on some kids because we aren't going to put them under pressure. Again, I didn't hear of any kids getting put under any sort of pressure. Um, I, I know we're going to miss on kids because we aren't going to put them under pressure to make a decision. Um, but you're going to lose that kid if you don't offer them right every time. I mean, you, you, you know, miss on all of the chances that you don't take something like that. Right. That's one of those, those phrases that I can't think of at the, uh, at the present moment, but if you don't offer a kid, you're definitely not going to get them, you know? So, um, again, this, this process looks different for everyone. Um, this it's a risk versus reward thing, right? I mean, maybe you want to offer a kid on June 15th and you know, maybe you don't have a shot, but if, if she's going to get an offer from another school, then, you know, she's going to take that one and your offer sits there for two, three days. Right. Um, so risk versus reward. Some coaches are willing to do that and some aren't, and that's just fine. There's nothing wrong or bad about it, in my opinion. Um, you know, all coaches have a process and the things that we want and need to do um, with athletes to recruit them into our program. Um, and volleyball is certainly not a sport like football where one offer equals 20, okay, which I think is a great thing. Um, you know, it's not like one school here is another school offered and then 25 offers come. That's kind of how football works, supposedly, uh, apparently, um, but that's not how volleyball works. I know, uh, you know, as a coach, I never felt compared to offer a kid just because she had an offer from this or that school. Um, and, and usually if, if she wasn't really that interested and if she was trying to use that for leverage, it's just like to me. And I think a lot of other coaches, when you try to leverage that offer with, with coach, with volleyball coaches, at least they kind of go, eh, all right, well, good luck. Um, I mean, that, that's kind of how a lot of it is received, I think. And it's why you don't see a lot of that happening. Um, so, so you offer an athlete if you want them, and that looks different for each coach. Okay, so if, if, when you're ready to make a decision on a kid, you offer them, in my opinion. Okay. If you found this podcast interesting, helpful, or beneficial, or maybe you're just a big fan of myself, then please think about donating to the PRI Talk podcast and help keep the podcast alive. I would love to continue bringing you recruiting advice as well as information on current volleyball events, and your support can definitely make that happen. Thank you. Okay, so the getting into the second piece of this whole June 5th 15th kind of fiasco um i more than kind of all the not knowing and and how things went on june 15th um and those first few days i think the the bigger issue and and this kind of go this you know goes back to the who was more who was more prepared piece of it um but but i think my my biggest issue with all of it was was the build-up to june 15th um, and, and this to me is where I think a huge part of the problem is right now and where college coaches are going to have to shift, um, a little bit more of the way they've been doing things. Okay. 
Um, so June 15th was the climax and buildup of emails, mailers, questionnaires, you name it. And, and I really felt like the 15th fell really flat across the board. Okay. Um, and maybe it looks different if athletes have been playing club ball in the months leading up to all this. Um, but we'll kind of have to see what happens with the 23 class to, to get a gauge on, on that kind of consistency. Um, but, but, but I feel like for everything that happened leading up to June 15th, June 15th was kind of flat. Um, I'm not saying either the athletes were disappointed they didn't get an offer. Um, I think that actually, you know, obviously some kids probably were. Um, but but I, I've heard very little, if any, of that kind of talk of, oh, I thought I'd get an offer on June 15th kind of kind of attitude. Okay. Maybe there's some athletes that maybe hoped they were. Obviously, probably everyone hoped they got an offer on June 15th, right? Um, I mean, that's a good mentality to have, I think, I guess. Um, but but I don't know necessarily anyone that was entirely disappointed by by the whole process okay but we had a lot of buildup in my opinion okay um i was on the phone a ton the week before june 15th two weeks before june 15th i was on the phone a ton with coaches i got a ton of emails from college coaches um i was giving out a lot of contact information for athletes prior to um double checking contact information prior to june june 15th so there was a lot of buildup which is fine um lots of stuff were coming at athletes leading up to June 15th. Um, and then June 15th was flat, right. Except for a few athletes. Okay. Um, and the reason that I say this is there were several athletes that got something in the mail on the 15th, sometimes the day before, um, maybe that's a violation. Maybe it's not, I don't know. Um, but, but they, things were very personalized. Um, and I'm not talking about a handwritten card with the kid's name on it. Right. Um, I'm talking about, a cut-up poster, a puzzle, um, I don't know, a, a framed picture or a painting. Obviously, it wasn't framed, but some sort of picture or painting, painting with their likeness on it, okay? Um, the, the athlete's likeness. So so college coaches sending their uh, an athlete um, a, a picture or a puzzle or something like that that connects the athlete to their school brand-wise, right? Kind of slaps the logo on a picture of them. Um, and, and everything kind of screams, Hey, uh, come here. Right. And, and in my mind, you might as well be sending them a Jersey with their name on the back. Okay. And, and that's, and that's just my opinion. And there are some coaches I talked to that felt very differently about that. And that's fine. Um, but I, I think as soon as I start applying my brand onto a PSA, so onto an athlete, um, I better be close or headed down the direction of an offer. Um, otherwise in my mind, it's sending the wrong message, right? Um, I don't, I, I, I'm not sure I agree with the process of, Hey, we're going to send a hundred posters out of a kid, uh, connected with our brand of our school logo and all that kind of stuff, whether that's a poster or a puzzle, whatever, I don't think it matters or, or a Jersey, right? I don't think any of that matters necessarily what you send, but you're connecting the logo with the brand, um, or sorry, the logo with the kid, the brand with the athlete, you're connecting those two. Um, that to me is a huge deal. And I don't think that things like that um, should be taken lightly from the coaches or from the athletes. Okay. Um, and so I think that's a little bit of a mixed message. Um, and that was what hit me the most about the 15th um, was that was that it was not the case in the majority of situations where coaches were sending these branded likeness posters and whatever, whatever it was, doesn't matter to athletes 
and then not making that connection and not taking that step forward. Um, and that's, and I just, I heard a lot of those things happening. Um, and so that's where I'm, I'm, I'm cautioning my, my friends that are college coaches down the road. I, I think that there's a connection there when you do that. I think it says a lot, um, whether or not you mean it to say everything that they get from it, but I, I still think it does. Okay. So I remember, um, with my 2017 class, we had come up with the, um, one of the uh, media guys, um, a, a design to take a picture of our, our committed kids and um, put them in kind of the game day logo and look of what it looked like on the internet um, for one of our, our current athletes, like game day versus whatever. And we had the logos and very graphically looked really cool. Okay. Um, and we, we had sent thing, we had sent those to our committed 2017 kids um, I actually had one in my, uh, one of them in my office as we were kind of going through it, hanging it up, just trying to, cause I like the idea and just trying to look at it and see how we wanted to change it or do it differently going forward, whatever. Um, but every single one of those kids in their, their signing picture had that little small eight and a half by 11, um, called a poster, um, on their signing table. I think they, I didn't put it in a frame form. I think they put it in some sort of frame so you could see it. Um, but each one of them had that on, um, their signing desk uh, for their signing day picture. And and I thought it was really cool that they did that. And so did the 2016 and the 2015 class. They also thought that was really cool. And so my athletes that I had on campus already, they were really mad. Like, Jason, how come you didn't get us a poster? And, and my comment was, well, because you only gave me 24 hours after I offered you before you said yes. So I didn't have time to send you a poster. And we didn't have this whole media guy being able to do all this stuff for us either. So um, so, so I, 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 like the, the athletes that have been getting swag for at least a year from the school were upset that they didn't get a poster when they signed. Right. So, so, so I think that that connection is real. And I think that coaches should, you know, in, in that position should take that, um, should not take it lightly. Okay. Um, so, so that's kind of my holistic general answer as to kind of the, who was more, um, prepared for the June 15th thing. Um, so let's now talk about this whole idea of slowing things down. Um, talk to a lot of college coaches. They want to slow the process down, you know, next six to eight months, get to know you, um, uh, you know, and we, we get into the new rules and not putting kids under pressure and, and all of that. Okay. And giving them more time to make a decision and that kind of thing. Okay. So let, let's get into that idea just a little bit. So, if we're really trying to slow things down, then then why are we texting kids at midnight on June fifteenth? Right? I, I get it's kind of gimmicky. I get it's kind of a thing. Um, it's fun to say, "Hey, I texted you at twelve oh one, right?" Um, and I had you know several coaches tell me that they didn't if they didn't text the kid until later in the morning. It seemed like they didn't get a call on that first day. Again, which shouldn't be a huge deal, right? Because we're trying to slow things down. Okay, so if we're trying to slow things down. Why are we texting athletes at midnight on June 15th? Okay. And we've got dads, you know, are coming into their rooms at 1205 going, who'd you get a text from? Who'd you get a text from? And I don't know if that happened or not. But I just, I visualize um, some parents probably doing that, right? Um, very excited about the whole process. Okay. But again, if we're trying to slow things down, then why are we, why is there this huge, huge, um, you know, uh, build up to June 15th and then boom, all this stuff happens and then flat. 
right? Um, so if we're really trying to slow things down, then why are we sending the stuff that I was talking about before, like the gift baskets, right? That's an exaggeration, of course, no one was saying gift baskets, but you get what I'm saying. Um, why are we sending that stuff on the 15th or maybe the day before, okay? It really seems um, counterproductive to me, right? To to have all this build up and then fly out, okay? Tons of mail, tons of emails, camp invites, everything up to June 15th. We peaked and get on the phone. Um, with a kid and they say, looking forward to the next six months of the recruiting process. And it just doesn't make sense. Okay. So we're, we're buttering up these kids um, to, to be excited about June 15th. And, and it's, it's kind of a letdown, I think, in a lot of ways. Okay. So if we're really looking forward to, if we're really looking at slowing things down, then, then I think we need to shift some things. Um, to me, this process should lead up to and work forward towards the goal of a visit and getting a commitment after that. Okay. Um, get the kid on visit get a commitment after that. That's kind of should be the process right now. It feels like we're June 15th is like D day. And we haven't necessarily thought after that, what that looks like, because I, after the puzzle, what do you give a kid? Right. Um, to let them know how interested you are. Okay. Um, and I just, I, I worry about going down that, that path for, for a bunch of reasons. Um, but it feels like, a lot of coaches are focused on June 15th and not about what happens next. And again, I talked about before all the reality of the current situation we're in with, with COVID and all that kind of stuff. I totally understand that. Um, but I just, I, I don't want to, um, this be a trend going forward. I feel like, or I'm trying to caution on it being a trend. Um, uh, again, I don't know where you go after you deliver a picture of a kid in your brand or your Jersey. Everything after that feels kind of like a letdown, at least to me. Okay. Um, it, it feels like even the visit, um, has a lot to, um, I mean, visit's gotta be awesome. Right. Um, after, after that. So, so let's work on actually slowing down the process together. If that's what we're really going to do, being going to do, um, I think being honest, when you send an athlete something in the mail or, or even over mail, it should mean something. Can I know there's a lot of stuff that gets sent over the mail that doesn't mean anything. It's just, um, I mean, it's trash. It's just fire wadding, whatever. Um, I've been telling athletes and parents for a long time that the basic general stuff they get in the mail from schools is really easy to send. It's really easy when you have the budget and the, and the resources to send stuff every week in the mail. Um, and, and I don't know if it necessarily carries a whole lot of weight. Okay. And, and I have no issue with stuff being sent out information and letting athletes know about your program and about your school. And I think that's all really good. Um, but I think we have to differ differentiate between what looks like it's a big deal and what doesn't. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm definitely disappointed. I mean, I'm definitely disappointed if these personalized things are going out on June 15th to 20 plus kids in a position. Okay. And that's definitely not slowing things down. Right. If you send it to like three or four of your top kids, I, you know, I don't have necessarily an issue with that. That's your three or four top kids. But when we start talking about 15, 20 plus, athletes that you're sending a post or two or whatever it is, um, that connects, you know, the brand and the likeness, then, then I, I think that you're not slowing things down in, in my opinion. Um, but let's work on not having June 15th be the climax of the rec recruiting process for these athletes. Let's have the visit or the offer and whatever that looks like be the climax of the recruiting process for these athletes. And I think that in itself would help the, you know, make the schedule longer and, and not have kids feel pressure. Like I think that would do it if we stretched it out um, past June 15th. Okay. 
Um, so can we not send texts at midnight? Maybe. I know parents are okay with it. I, a lot of them told me they were okay with it. Um, but I don't see how that connects to slowing things down. Um, and can we not send hyper-personalized shiny things on the 15th? Um, can it wait a few more weeks or months until you get closer to the point of a visit or an offer? Okay, Until you're ready to make that decision, coaches. Uh, that's when I think you're, you want to be sending that stuff out. Um, Jason, what about those athletes that committed on day one or day three? We wouldn't get an opportunity for that kid. Um, but you're trying to slow things down, remember? So let's go there. Let's be honest. If, if those athletes did what they did, you wouldn't really have a chance at that kid anyway, right? So kid commits on June 15th, you can send them all the shiny stuff in the world and they committed to the number one school. So I don't, I, yeah, I don't think you have to do that. Um, and if you wait three or four days or a week or two, then maybe you don't have to send as much stuff because all those kids that were going to commit somewhere else anyway, you're not sending them all that stuff. It saves you time as well, right? Um, so I'm not 100% sold on that, but I, but I know in some circumstances it might be true. But when it's a perfect fit, um, I don't think those athletes need to wait, okay? I think a couple simple adjustments can really show athletes and families that are really committed to slowing down the process um, and getting to know them um, and want them to be a great fit and then tell them they're a great fit for your university. So again, I think if we we don't focus so much on June 15th, if we if we look at you know, July and August, September, and look at the visit and how can we spread, you know, that three, four months out to make those athletes feel right. So sending them something makes them feel great about the school for sure. hundred percent. But can we spread that out a little bit? Um, so it comes at a later time, I guess is kind of my, my thought. So, um, any questions, comments, feedback, I will gladly take those from you guys. And of course, um, all of my coaching friends, feel free to give me your opinion on anything I said. My goal is always to help. And so if I can help, you know, you guys as college coaches or athletes and families with the process, um, then that's why what I want to be able to do. So thank you guys for listening and I will see you next time. Hey everybody. Thanks for listening to the PRI talk podcast. If you would like more tips, updates, and recruiting assistance, go to PRIVolleyball.com, check out my blog, or go to Parallel Recruiting Initiative on Facebook and Instagram. If you need recruiting help, I have a couple different ways I can help you out. Please reach out over social media or at my website, PRIVolleyball.com. And thanks for listening.